I would say this has been a night of restoration. Amen. Congratulations, Claudia and Louie and Christian and Casey. Holy cow. Alicia, congratulations. This is a big deal. Think about how excited you used to get when the dope man answered his phone. I mean, seriously, you, that, that was, you were stoked, right? It doesn't matter how sick you were, right? When, that, when he answered that phone, you were instantly better, right? That's kind of like what it's like accepting Jesus, right? You were instantly better, but sometimes it takes you a little bit of time to figure it out, amen? A couple of things. Welcome back, Austin. It's good to have you here. Um, and if you have signed up for the group that Marcus is going to be a part of, it will be in that room right up there with the windows. It's, it's the infant room or I, nursing room. So thank you. That's just wrong. I'm sorry. Sorry. The men's integrity group will be in that, that room up there with the glass windows. There we go. Uh, we figured it would be the most comfortable just kind of environment for the guys. That, so Marcus has your book, so looking forward to you guys getting that started. And uh, we are going to continue on in the book of Romans. We're finally made it after like, I don't know, 16 weeks to chapter 3. So it, it's going to be a long haul. Amen. So the title tonight is Righteousness. And, and I'm see, James chapter 122 says it, says it best that we're to be doers of the word, not hearers only. And I would say to you that we have seen an example of that tonight. Amen? We have seen people that have not only listened to what God is telling them to do, but are actually doing what God is asking them to do or else they would not be celebrating a year and nine months and, and six months and everybody that's celebrating. It's because they are actually being doers of the word and not hearers only. And that would is such a blessing about God's word. Amen? So Paul continues um, the subject of the guilt of the Jews in the first eight uh, uh first eight verses of this chapter. So we're going to cover them. We're going to talk about them. So uh, the, the title that is in the Bible, it says, God remains faithful. And we know that to be true because I think Casey said that, well, not only did I not know God was even here. So if God knew him before he was even in his mother's womb, if he knew the number of hairs that would be on his head, he knew what time and date he would come to know the Lord. I would have to say that the Lord was pretty patient, right, and waiting for him to come. Because we have free will. We all know that when the children of Israel left or fled Egypt, they could have easily been to the land of Canaan in a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks. How long did it take them to get there? Four years, 40 years. 40, right? We all used to watch Gilligan's Island, right? That was a three-hour tour, right? I always want to sing that when I do that, but I am not a singer, so I will not sing that. Uh, yeah, I will not sing it. Sorry. 
We all know that the minnow got lost, and we know that they spent a lot of time trying to get up, but that really reflects our life. God is saying, why don't you do the easy thing the easy way and just listen, and you're like, no, I got it, right? It's like when you are trying to figure out how to get somewhere, and you're too proud to admit, you have no idea where you're going, right? Back in the day, you would stop at a gas station, and you would buy a map, or most of us are too cheap. We would just stop at a gas station, ask for directions. We would be too embarrassed to write them down. We would be like listening to the guy in the gas station, babbling the directions off. You're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then you, you, you walk away and you're like, I have no idea what he said. But I'm too proud to admit it. So I'm going to yet try to get in the car and kind of go kind of the area he said. And then I'm going to have to once again realize I got to stop and I'm just going to buy a map this time. But now we have Google, we have Siri, we have, honey, I got it under control, right? Now she trusts you because, not because she trusts you, because she trusts Google, right? <laughs> not so much because Gina trusts her husband right now, because it's still a little new, but she trusts Jesus, amen? And his righteousness, that's what it's about, so... So then what is the advantage of being a Jew? Is there any value in the ceremony of circumcision? Verse 2, yes. There are great benefits, first of all, for the Jews who were entrusted the whole revelation of God. So we know that the Jews got what we call the oracle of God, the law. They were God's chosen people, right? That's pretty good when you know that you're chosen by God. If you look at back at the story that Bob was talking about, about the prodigal son who went and squandered his life, but when he came back onto that property and the father ran toward him, we all know that that is a picture of God running towards us. When we finally make the decision and realize, I don't got this. I do need direction. And the Father runs toward us. So the Jews were God's chosen people. They had all the bells and whistles. They had everything that God had to offer. And, and even with all of that, did that make a difference? Were they able to follow God? You know, following God is not easy. If we look at the law, the law was simply put in place not because God ever expected us to follow it. He put the law in place so we would know how, kind of how lame we are, right? <laughs> really, think about it. God knew that we would never be able to follow the rules, right? I always tell people in the bridge, and I hear bridge guys tell bridge guys and bridge girls tell bridge girls, um, that if you just follow the rules, they're simple, life will be easier. And that's, that's such a true statement. You will run a smooth and easy program if you simply follow. And we don't even have hundreds of rules. We don't. We don't have hundreds and hundreds of rules. You may think we have hundreds and hundreds of rules, but in all actuality, we don't. The, like I said when I talked about Delancey Street, a, a residential program with over 600 people that have no rule book because they say, you're a grown man, you're a grown woman, you know what's right and what's wrong, and you know 
you know what you should and shouldn't do, so why should I have to tell you? And I, I, there's a lot of, a, a lot of validity, validity to that statement. So just because the Jews were God's chosen people and they had the law, the oracle of God, that didn't mean that they were going to be perfect people. They still struggled. They still had issues. Does that mean that God forsook, forsook them? Does that mean that God walked away from them? Does that mean God gave up on them? No, it didn't. But sometimes the blessings that are waiting right around the corner for us from God, we put them on pause. God's like, I have this great blessing for you, but thank you, God, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roam around for 40 years because I think I know better than you. How many of you would look at your life and you could pretty much say how many years you wasted? Right? Can't we? Yes. Right? So can you get, can, can God put the hands of time back? Well, of course he could if he wanted to. But instead he offers you a, a scripture like Joel 2.25. Right? It says the, that God will restore the years that you wasted. Amen? So is that, but then is that an open-ended promise? God's just going to restore the years you wasted be, just because he's a nice guy? No, God is going to restore the years that you have wasted because you're diligently seeking him and you're on a course within a relationship with him. Amen? That's what it's about. He's just not going to do it. I mean, he is a super nice guy, but he's just not going to say, you know what, this girl isn't listening to me and I am just going to, I'm just going to bless her life no matter what. Well, he could, but God allows us to, to, uh, to experience pitfalls, you know? God didn't put you in jail. God didn't put the cop behind you. But what was meant for evil, God can say, well, Casey, you're going to jail, right? Because you just can't seem to get sober, right? I wasn't even supposed to be at the jail the day that I ran into you, right? I, I just happened to... Somebody that I know offered to meet me for lunch, um, and I couldn't pass up barbecue. And so we thought, well, let's just cruise around the jail and say hey to folks, and then we'll eat. So we could feel like we earned, right, earned it. You know, we, hey, we're doing God's work, so we deserve barbecue. <laughs> and just happened to run in, just happened to run into him. Well, to me, I just happened to run into you, but it was, it was, it was God's divine intervention. Even though you didn't know who he was, he knew that you were probably ready, right? And then when you got out and you did anything, like any little bit, God is like, yeah, right? Let's go. Let's not, let's not spend another 40 years getting to where we need to go, right? Time is short. Let's get busy. So, so in verse 3, it says, true, some of them were unfaithful, but just because they were unfaithful, does that mean that God will be unfaithful? No. Just because you're knucklehead, just because you're wasting time, does that mean God is going to do that? No. That is one of the greatest things that we have is one of the, also one of the greatest curses that we have. It's called free will. God gives us free will. We're, we want free will, right? But also that's a curse in a way. Because free will not used in the proper way is going to get you in a lot of trouble. But like I said, that doesn't mean that God can't take what was meant for evil and use it for good. Maybe, you know, Satan wanted you locked up because he wanted to split up your family. He wanted to separate your kids because no dad in the home 
kids are going to have less of a chance of doing well. So let's pull dad out of the house. Let's put him in jail five or six times. Let's keep him out of work. Let's keep the family struggling. Let's screw those kids up, right? That's the intent of Satan. But God's intent is not that. God's intent is to take that situation and say, you know, we're just going to sober him up. Maybe he's going to get desperate and say, I, wanna, I, I, don't, I am so over this. I don't want to do this anymore. You know, it's funny for me because I met Casey when he was 13, right? Because his mom was, so, was Michelle's friend because I was, I was in my addiction, so I wasn't available. So she connected with his mom, and they were friends, and they would go camping together. You know, I remember Michelle's like, do you want to go camping with me and Connie's son to Pinto Lake? And I'm like, that sounds lame. <laughs> no, I don't want to go camping to Pinto Lake. Um, right? Because I'm going to sit home and try to get hold of my connection all weekend. Right? But that was my plan. That wasn't God's plan. Amen? So just because I was unfaithful for a season, does that mean God's going to be unfaithful to me? No. That is the cool thing. Just because I'm stupid, God's not going to be stupid, right? Um, um, so let me say, is it, is, uh, let me read this section again. It's true some of them were unfaithful, but God, because they were unfaithful, does not mean that God will be unfaithful, or of course not. Everyone else is a liar. God is true, as the scriptures say about him. God, is, God can't lie. There's something called the humility. Um, Immutability of God. God's character cannot change. He, can, he can't be happy with you one minute and be zapping you the next minute. God is true to his word. God is true to his relationship. God designed and built us so that we would be in fellowship with him. All right? We choose to break fellowship. We choose to go our own way. We choose to take the long way to get, we, you know, a shortcut is basically the longest distance between two points because a shortcut takes us way longer, right? I know the girls always come up, they do their chore refresh, you know. They do their chores and they come up and tell Michelle, oh, can you check our chores so we can, I don't know, watch TV or whatever they're going to do. You know, and if they don't do it, it's going to take way more time because either Michelle or Vanessa is going to catch them and they're going to have to do it all over again, right? I was at their house this morning and I... Yeah, yeah. I'm like, you girls got to clean up, right? All right? Now I know why I'm not checking the chore refresh. But it's just about doing what's right and, and staying in, in tune and in touch with God. All right? But some might say our sinfulness serves a good purpose for it helps people see how righteous God is. Now, when you go to a jeweler and you want to look at a diamond, right, the jeweler will take the diamond out of the case and he'll take out this black velvet, right, cloth because it makes the diamond pop, right? If you just lay, if you took the diamond out and just laid it on the, the little rubber mat or the glass counter, it's no big deal. But when you lay the black velvet down and put the diamond on it, it just, it just looks like, wow, that, it, it makes the diamond look beautiful. 
right? When you take us against God, we see how messed up we are, which then shows us how righteous and how awesome God is, right? Especially the fact that he puts up with us, right? So our, imperf- our, our imperfections show God's perfection because a God, God is a, a God of perfection and God deals with our imperfections. God dealt with the prodigal son. We know that God accepted him not just like, oh, yeah, good, big deal, he's back. It, it, like Bob explained, he ran, right? Now, when you think of God Almighty in heaven, imagine him running, chasing you, or running towards you in Chinatown, right? Think about it. God's not, God's not above going there. God doesn't matter, care where you're at. He will hunt you down, he will chase you down, and he will do his darndest to get to you. We know in the book of Jonah, right, that we know that, that, that Jonah purchased a ticket to go to Tarshish because he wanted to run from the presence of God. Do you think God had to look for him? Like, oh, God, where is Jonah? Gosh, I don't. Let me count, you know, you know, ollie ollie auction free or count to 10, right? Hide and seek. You know, God knew where Jonah was. God just wanted Jonah to be obedient so he could deal with him, so he could teach him, so he could show him something, right? Jonah had so much hatred in his heart for the Assyrian people that he didn't even really care if they were killed. In fact, he wanted them all to be wiped out. Well, God didn't. God was trying to teach him something. God was trying to show him something. You know, Jonah, I think he said three times just in one little section, just kill me, right? Just kill me now, right? Why do I want to listen to you? I'm going to go tell these people to repent. They're going to repent. You're not going to kill them, you know? That ticked Jonah off. Jonah wanted to see some bloodshed, right? He wanted God to take care of his problem for him. But what God was showing him was that I want these people to repent and come into a relationship with me. We know that they did repent. We do know that God spared them. But if you fast forward in history, God wiped them off off the face of the planet. He obliterated them because God's only patient for so long. Right, God is, you know, you can't think, well, you know, you know, God's going to just keep giving me chance after chance after chance after chance after chance after chance. I mean, certainly that can be your attitude, or certainly that can be your opinion, but do you really want to take that chance? Right? You don't know when that last, you don't know when God's going to, like, in, in, when God was trying to uh, put all these plagues upon Egypt and Pharaoh, finally, it got to the point where God said, I am going to harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will not be able to change it. We don't want to get to that point where it's like, all right, God's like, all right, you know what? I am so done with you. If this is the way you want to be, fine. That would stink. But I think we play with that because of God's grace. And it says in Romans, shall we continue on sinning so that grace may abound? And we know that the answer is absolutely not, certainly not. Forget about it. Don't do it. Right? So um, you will be proven in the right way, and you will win your case in court. But verse 5, it says, but some might say our sinfulness, oh, I'm sorry, I just read that, serves a good purpose. 
And this is merely a human point of view. But of course, if God were entirely fair, how would he be qualified to judge the world? God is qualified to judge the world because he, he built the world. He created all of us so that we would be like, like I, I like the word that Claudia said. This is her family. This is her community, right? God built this world, created this world, created us. It says in the Bible that he, we were created in his image, right? So that we could fellowship with him, so we could commune with him. So we can be in a relationship with him. And we know that historically he's very patient. We also know that he is not opposed to just wiping everybody out. Right? Remember the flood? Right? It wasn't just a story. Because if you, look, if you look historically, almost every culture across this entire face of this world has in their history reports of a biblical worldwide flood. Right, so this isn't—it isn't just a really cool story to scare you for the Bible. All cultures talk about a time when there was a, a global flood, right? Whether or not they follow God or whether or not they believe in God, they all agree upon that there was a flood, right? Like they, there may be differences on why there was a flood, but us as believers in Jesus Christ and us who read the Bible, we know that there was a biblical flood because there was just none righteous, right? That it was a, it was a, it was kind of a just like, all right, let's try this again, right? Let's try it again, and uh, that's not God's heart to wipe us out. It's God's heart and God's desire for us to follow Him, to respect Him, and to enter into a relationship with Him, so that we're not spending our lives in addiction, so we're not spending our lives in jail, so we're not spending our lives separated from our families and our children. God wants to bless us, right? Just like the father, like Bob said, he could afford to send his son to go squander all that money. It wasn't going to break him. But when the son came back, if you look at the, if you look at the whole story, and there's a whole other way of teaching that section of Scripture, is you, it, it, most of us focus on the relationship between the, the father and the son. But there was that angry brother, Right? And I think sometimes we can be that angry brother. Like, oh, does that guy, you don't, you don't deserve another chance, right? Why, you know, why are you getting all this? Or why are you getting out? Why are people blessing you? You know, and we get into that jealousy and that whole thing of like, but we have to think about, there is that relationship with the father and son, but there's also, can we be the brother? You know what I mean? You don't deserve to be here. You don't deserve God's grace. You blew it. You, you belong in jail. You know, it, it really broke my heart when I started going into the jails and into the prisons that the mentality of, of some of the people working there is like, they're taking it out on me. Because why are you wasting your time on this guy? That guy's a piece of dirt. Or that girl's a piece of trash. Why are you wasting your time? They don't deserve it. You know, I was shocked to find that out. My, my attitude was, you need, then why don't you go work at 7-Eleven or something? You know, if you don't care for these people, then why are you even here? Well, a lot of overtime, baby, I'm telling you. Yeah. Some good money, good benefits, state job. 
But that doesn't mean they care. But, there, but now, don't look, don't, there are a lot of people that do care. There are a lot of people that do love these men and women and do believe they deserve a second chance. But most of them are Christians. And the reason they believe that is because they, they follow Christ and they know that's God's heart towards these men and women. But not everybody is that way, you know. You know, Bob, Bob couldn't work at the jail if he hated all those people, right? I wouldn't have spent all of those years there week after week, month after month, year after year, teaching T and UPod and Q if I didn't love and care for those people, if I didn't believe there was a glimmer of hope in them. I couldn't have done that because, you know, frankly, it's a lot of work to get up to prepare a Bible study, drive up there, to wait outside, to, to deal with people that don't really want you there doing this, and then, you know, spend all that time getting back. It was like it was a whole day, you know. For what? Because you care about somebody. So there's times when you're like, why am I doing this? Well, I'm, I'm doing it because it's the right thing to do. I'm doing it because that's what God has called me to do. Amen? So, but someone um, still might argue, how can God condemn me as a sinner if my dishonesty highlights truthfulness and brings him more glory. Well, because God's not in, in it for that. God knows who God is. God, God's comfortable in who he is. We don't need to go on breaking rules and, and sinning just so that we can reflect more glory unto, our, unto God. That's like that, that verse that says, so we, shall we keep on sinning so that, that grace may abound? No. God doesn't need us to make him look good. Right? He doesn't. Right? He doesn't. Like, man, I am sure glad Marcus is a screw-up because I need to look better. Right? So just keep on messing up because you're making me look good, brother. You know? That God's not saying that. So we don't need to keep on screwing up to make God look good. He doesn't need... He, amen, amen to that. Right? He, he, he does fine himself. He doesn't need us at all. He doesn't. He chooses to tolerate us. He chooses to put up with us, but he certainly does not need us. You know, may, pick no bones about that. You know, he doesn't need us. He, is a, he chooses to be a part of our life because he has a hope, an eternal hope that, that your life will change, you will become to a, a repentance, that you will be a, a doer, not a hearer only, and the things that you do will glorify him. Now, that's the kind of glorification he wants. When you do something good and the glory goes to God. Now, he wants that, right? Because you're doing good, and that's what God wants. He wants to bless us. He wants us to do well. He doesn't want to see us do poorly. He doesn't, he's not one of those people like, you know, that, 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 that glories in our, in our shortcomings, right? Verse 9, it says, well, then all, then should we conclude that all that, that we Jews are better than others? Not at all. For we have already shown that all people, whether Jews or Gentile, are under the power of sin. As scripture says, no one is righteous, not even one. No one is truly wise. No one is seeking, no one is truly wise. No one is seeking God. All have turned away and become useless. Uh, it says, no one does good, not a single one. Their talk is foul. Their stench is an open grave. Their tongues are filled with lies. Uh, snake venom drips from their lips. 
Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. They rush to commit murder. Uh, destruction and misery always follow them, and they don't know where to find peace. And they have no fear of God at all. It's like, so then it's like, it's crazy. Uh, uh, those things are all true statements, right? Those are all very true statements about us, but yet God still chooses us, chooses us. God still chooses to pursue us. God still chooses to love us. God still chooses to take what was meant for evil and use for good. God still chooses to put families back together, right? Because that's who God is. And that's the beauty of what he's doing in our lives. Amen? So I'm going to have the worship team come back up. I don't know if it's a team or Bob, but Bob is a team, right? Team Bob. Team Bob. So, Lord, we thank you for tonight. Thank you for every person celebrating sobriety tonight. What a blessing and privilege it is to be here to celebrate and rejoice with them, Lord. Thank you so much for the works that you're doing, doing in their lives, Lord. We just love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.